Hello and welcome to the Jigme Kelting Podcast Show. My name is Jigme Kelting. Each week you'll hear fascinating conversations as well as stories from many professionals from a broad range of fields and experiences they've had. On today's episode, I have the great pleasure to chat with Alex Miller. Alex is a former contestant on the 19th season of American Idol and a young and upcoming singer-songwriter with genuine heart, true authenticity, and a champion for carrying the torch for traditional country music. Miller's rare old-time sound paired with his infectious personality and charm has truly made audiences around the world stop to listen and fall in love with him. He's with me to talk more about it. Welcome, Alex. Well, thank you so much for having me on here, Jigna. I sure appreciate you. Yeah, man, it, it, it's so great to, to chat with you today. You know, like I remember seeing your American audition and um, I, I knew instantly this guy was a special guy and, you know, he's going to go places and he doesn't know it, but he's definitely going to reach destinations that are far beyond his wildest dreams. And, um, and so that brings me to my first question. And I've always been so curious about this. Mm-hmm. Why was American Idol sort of your first choice? to sign up for well you know it was kind of a whim in the first place of how i even got to audition for the show and uh american idol just kind of fell in my lap truthfully um so i've, I've told this story quite a few times and I, I think i'll tell it again today but uh my mom and i uh were in a little bit of a disagreement about what i was going to do with my life you know she wanted me to go to school and you know i think going to college and doing all that kind of stuff is a great thing but she uh she was determined that's what I was going to do. And I had other ideas. I wanted to be what I am now, a singer and a a writer. And, um, she, uh, it's not that she didn't believe in me. I don't think it's just, she knew that was going to be such a hard thing to do. And, uh, we kind of, we, oh boy, we were, we was really getting into it, you know, as, as father, as you know, son and daughters, uh, sons and, uh, moms and dads do sometimes. And so, um, she, uh, she stormed off in her bedroom and said, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, and I, and we just were mad and she come in and, uh, about a, five minutes or so and said, Hey son, I'll tell you what, if you want to be a country singer and songwriter and all this stuff, I'll tell you what, I'll just sign you up for American Idol. And if things go well there, then I guess it's meant to be, but if not, you better get your school stuff ready to go. So you better believe Jimmy, I was a practicing like ever before that audition. I want to make almost for certain that I'll get spotted on the show. And, you know, you just never know how that kind of stuff comes about. So. Uh, it was a uh, Thursday night and I uh, got on a Zoom call, much like this, and um, just auditioned, sang a little bit for them. And they uh, they seemed to really like me and they sent me on to another group of producers and another group of producers. And uh, eventually I got to the end and they uh, said, would you like to come to San Diego? And I said, well, sure, that wouldn't hurt my feelings at all. I said, I'd love to come out there and sing. And so the rest of it you got to see on television, but I tell you what, it was a, it was a, I didn't know if I was going to get there or not, but uh, sure did. And I'm glad of it too. Right. And as we talked about, um, as we're talking about Idol right now, I mean, I want to talk about something so interesting. And I found this um, really hilarious that uh, you walked into the audition room and I remember seeing Luke Bryan. um, And and this is actually, I don't know if people saw this, but if you did, it, it was the most really resonating thing ever. You know, there's just something about the bond between you and Luke Bryan that really captivated the audiences because Luke Bryan, you walk in and he's just jamming out to Bony Fingers by Hoyt Axton. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there you are, you walk in and you join in on the jam session. Um, talk talk to me about how that happened. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. The 
the whole idol, you know, going into the room and singing and playing, it was, it's really kind of been a blur, but I've regained some consciousness, I guess you could say about it. And, uh, you know, going in there, I just was myself as I am today. You know, I'm, I just, that's just who I was and who I am. And I, I can't help that. So when he, I heard bony fingers. I said, Oh, that's a good number. So I know a little bit of that one. So when he, it come time to say it, I did too. So, um, and you know, a lot of that stuff in the audition, I, I was in there for a solid 20 minutes. I mean, uh, it wasn't that long of a segment on the show, but I was in there for every bit of that long. We, I can remember me and Luke talking about, <laughs> so my, my family did tobacco farming way back in the day. So we talked about tobacco buyouts and tobacco farming, and we talked about all kinds of different things. And, um, it was, uh, it was, it was a long, long segment. We was in there and, you know, we really do, we really did have a bond and do have a bond. And, um, I was just, ex I was just ex so excited to be there that I didn't know really what to do other than what I, what I did. So. Yeah. And my follow-up to that question is that, you know, like I remember also Katy Perry, um, she asked you about if Lancaster, Lancaster, Kentucky was a big city. Um, yeah. and you mentioned, you know, like it's not really a big city at all because you'd have to count the cows to get a census report. Right. <laughs> I mean, exactly talk, right. I mean, talk to me about Lancaster, Kentucky and sort of what kind of town that is. Well, easily that's, that's very easy to explain. It's one of those one, one traffic light kind of places that you go crawling through and hope you get out of. It's, it's a nice little town though. I really do and enjoy my time here. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of those places it's got like a town square. And so, you know, there's all kinds of buildings and things, and it's it's really a centrally located kind of town, you could say, because you can drop a, a, a pen right in the middle of town, and you can pretty well see everything. It's a small little town, but it's a nice, quiet little place, too, and that's the nice thing about it. When something big happens, everybody knows it, and uh, I was glad that my hometown had something to cheer for on that season of American Idol, and uh, buddy, they sure come out and supported me, and uh, even now, you know, I go out in public, and if I'm walking down the street people roll down their windows and say hey alex really like you singing and appreciate you and all this kind of stuff and uh the, the people around here really appreciated me representing us as well as i did and i didn't really was trying to i just was went out there and was my geared county lancaster self and uh it just seemed people seemed to uh, gravitate to that i don't know how else to explain it yeah and you know what i i find that so fascinating that you just said that because you know like Obviously, you're talking about Lancaster, Kentucky being a, such a small town and a quiet place where basically like, you know, a community that's so tight knit, mm -hmm. you know, like, and I don't live in a small town, but like, it's a very quiet neighborhood that I live in. Mm -hmm. and, and so like, basically, everybody knows everybody, right? Like, that, like that's, that's the same kind of feeling. Yeah, but just the whole time exactly and and that's what i'm that's this is why i'm going to ask this question because i feel this is actually important um you know growing up in a small city it's not ideal for some people but in your case you seem to embrace that lifestyle and appreciate the tiniest things in your life why is that well you know you never you never appreciate what you got until it's gone you really don't and uh you know there there's not a lot of lancaster kentucky's left um you know a lot of places, I mean, I, we see it here in Kentucky all the time, you know, the whole towns pretty well go abandoned and things like that. And it's, it's nice to have a community that really supports itself. And, you know, there's local businesses here, mom and pop kind of places, and we all try to support that. And there's a lot of places all across, not just the United States, but across the world that are like that too. And uh, I think the United States gets a lot more recognition for that. But, uh, you know, there's, there's places all over like that. And we just, 
you know, I hate to see places like our little town, you know, dry up because that just is a part of America that's, you know, leaving. And uh, I don't think that that's a thing that needs to happen. Absolutely. And, you know, like there's just something about, you know, talking about small towns and small cities that are so resonating to so many people and like myself and you, you know, like I find that it probably isn't that bad at all to live in a tiny area because like I said in the beginning that not only does everybody know everybody, but it's those strong relationship you build with those people in your community, right? That ultimately get you past the discomfort of residing in a very, very small city that isn't very popular among others, right? Like, I mean, what yeah. do you think about that? Well, you know, uh, the, the fascinating thing about it is the people that, that don't live here want to live here, and the people here sometimes don't want to live here. So it's an interesting thing. You know, when people come, and uh, we don't have a lot to do here in Lancaster, but uh, we have some really good restaurants. We do really have some good stuff like that and some local places that knock your socks off. But, um, you know, we don't have a lot to do here. So we're, all, people around here are always complain about that. But, you know, I've never really complained about it because, I like the home kind of feel of things. And, you know, uh, I'd rather, I'm, a, I used to work all the time on the farm and I've got to where I'm pretty sorry work help, but, uh, just been, just been busy and all, but, uh, I, uh, I tell you that, uh, Langster is a, is a great place and, uh, I, I love it dearly and, uh, don't see myself moving soon, but I hear Nashville calling my name every day. Absolutely. And, you know, enough talking about Lancaster now. Uh, we both know why we're here. Uh, we're here to chat about music. Um, yes, sir. And so, I mean, listening to your interviews is fascinating because, you know, there isn't anybody like yourself that's so invested in sort of carrying the torch of traditional country music. Um, why do you feel that is a great importance in your life? Well, you know, I, I just enjoy the music that I enjoy, whether it's traditional country music or I, I listen to a lot of different things. And I think that there's good music no matter where you look. Um, I, I don't think there's I don't to me. I just enjoy what I enjoy, whether it's traditional country or I like Kiss and Frank Sinatra and ACDC and all that kind of stuff. I'm I'm into all of it. Um, the music that I sing is just what I think is good. And um, I think that it's just Music is subjective. We all know that. And uh, I just like my kind of music. And I think a lot of other people do too. And um, if I can bring that, bring my kind of music to uh, the world, then I'm going to do my best to do that. Um, I, I get a lot of people saying that I carry the torch for traditional country music. I, I agree with that, but I, I carry the torch for my music too, uh, for what I am. And I can't hide that. That's for doggone cheer. <laughs> No, absolutely. And, you know, like speaking of importance, I know your granddad um, and your family are big motivators. And also you had a recent passing. Uh, my condolences to you. Um, well, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, but I've also noticed that one of the more notable men that sparked your passion for singing and songwriting, and that was also sort of the main reason why you got into country music was Merle Haggard. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, can you talk a little bit more about the significance Merle has had on your career? Well, yes. You know, I, I grew up singing Merle's music whenever I was, you know, I'm seven, eight, nine, something like that. And um, used to play his stuff all the time and still do. We still play uh, Big City at our show because uh, we did it with Luke Bryan. I thought I might as well put it in my show, too. But we do do some Haggard songs in our show. And, um, you know, 
Merle was, was so influential. You know, he brought a lot of the old ideas and made them new again. Like he has more of a lefty for Zell kind of style of singing, I always thought. And so he, he, he brings that influence in and puts a modern twist on it and sings modern lyric. And uh, I, I love that about him. And uh, I love that about his music in particular. Um, you know, I actually got to see him uh, before he died. Um, whenever I was, I was a little, I was quite a bit younger. I was 10, 12, 11, somewhere in there. And uh, I got to see him at a local place here called Renfro Valley, Kentucky, which is a fairly big venue and a place that I used to play when I was a kid. Uh, but I tell you what, even up in years, Merle was a, a killer entertainer and performer. And uh, I can remember me and me and my granddad going to see him and really having a good time. And uh, that, that night probably changed my life, truthfully. Yeah, you know, certainly. And I don't know if you have or hadn't seen it, but Kennedy Center Honors video for Merle um, and the iconic Vince Gill uh, mentioned how he was the poet of the common man. And so I was wondering how you view the impact he has not only made in the world of country, but in the music realm in general. Well, you know, what, what Vince said is 100% true. His song spoke to so many people, and I hope as a songwriter that I can speak to as many people as Merle did. He had, like you said, a simple way of saying things. And uh, plain, I would call it, I wouldn't call it a simple because simple sounds bad. I'd call it a plain way of saying things, a way that you can understand what he meant in a song. And uh, as a songwriter, uh, there ain't no better inspiration than listening to some Merle Haggard music, that's for sure. No, definitely. You know, like I've, I've always loved listening to those old time sounding artists. You know, there's something just about Jeannie Seeley. There's something about Vince Gill. There's something about Ben Haggard. You know, there's something about Bill Anderson, uh, Brad Paisley. And now you're seeing all these new artists like yourself that are coming up in the, in the ranks. Um, and you're seeing, you know, people like Lainey Wilson, Haley Witters, yeah. um, Maren Morris, who's been doing that for a while, but is just sort of getting the, the, the recognition she deserves, right? Like, oh, yeah. Um, Casey Musgraves, you know, who featured yeah. a song, featured an Elvis song in the Elvis film, uh, which I have to say, people who don't watch it, who didn't watch it yet, go watch it. Or um, we're going tonight. I ain't seen it yet. So we're going oh, tonight. Oh, you're going so don't tonight. You, don't, you better not spool nothing for me now. <laughs> oh, you're, oh, you're going tonight to see it. Going tonight. Yes. Sir. Oh, what, oh, what a coincidence. What a coincidence when I started talking about Elvis. Um, talk to me about Elvis. Uh, what sort of significance has he had on your career? Oh, Elvis is awesome. Um, I love his dance moves. I can't, I can't copy his dance moves. I can't dance worth a nickel. But um, we do Little Sister. That's our opening song in our show. So we go up there and we do Little Sister every, every night. Man, that's uh, one of my favorite songs. People love that song. Uh, and uh, people love Elvis. Uh, so those are pretty good combinations for getting people into a show. <laughs> no, certainly. And you know, like, oh, man, there was just this song with uh, Lisa Marie Presley. Um, and, you know, she covered uh, Elvis's um, Where No One Stands Alone song. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I found so interesting and such a unique sort of songwriter's perspective. Um, and there's just something about, you know, telling a story, right? Telling a story of a guy that really honored sort of not only the music that he wanted to create, but um, honored the instruments he played, right? Like the guitar is such, um, I think, really significant um, storytelling sort of materials that you use. Oh, yeah. Um, right. So, I mean, 
you have a guitar in your hand right now. I mean, what significance does that instrument mean to you? Oh, guitar is, is it means a lot. Um, I feel naked without one. Truthfully, I uh, even when I when I sing without a guitar, I look like I I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my other hand. You know what I'm saying? And uh, but going back to Elvis, what I like about Elvis, I'm thinking about it, his he was an artist and he believed in a time in himself when everybody told him that he was wrong about what he believed in. And, uh, you know, doing traditional country music right now, everybody tells, you no, you know, that the things aren't, that ain't the way to do things. And, and maybe it's not, maybe they got a point, but, uh, there's, there's been a lot of good people been told. No, that's for sure. Oh, that's, that's definitely with, uh, with me as well. You know, like doing podcast interviews and, um, requesting people to do interviews. I've been rejected like multiple, multiple, probably like 20, 30, 40 times already. Um, you're just one of the lucky ones that I've been able to get a yes from um, in a quick fashion, which I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for. Um, and, you know, like, I think that's just so interesting that you mentioned that like people who are being rejected, you know, like Elvis was a guy that I think watching the film, and this is not spoiling anything, but I'm just going to say it right now. But I think Elvis is just that guy that um, makes you feel so invested in what he wanted to do. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I was listening to Larry King now uh, interview with um, Priscilla. Um, and I found that sort of perspective because with her being the fiance or the former fiance now um, of, of Elvis, you know, seeing sort of firsthand uh what her relationship was with him and then seeing the film and understanding sort of how it really happened and the true story of Elvis you know a lot of people can put out stories that are fake and and people can put stories yeah. out there that aren't true at all right and speak from their point of view but nobody can say it like Priscilla can and I and I find that really fascinating um so speaking of sort of older older artists now um let's let's continue to talk about merle haggard um because i actually own one of his records um it's all in the game oh yeah um i mean such a great great record and i couldn't stop thinking about his writing concept along with this sort of songwriter's point of view uh but that was truly merle haggard as an artist oh yeah um talk to me about like that significance of the record um and have you been able to listen to that? Now, that record in particular, I'm trying to think of some of the bigger songs that came off of it, but, um, you know, all of his records are great. You know, I, I own quite a few of old vinyls myself, and, uh, you know, if, when you want to be inspired, like I said before, Haggard's the way to go. Um, I always enjoyed uh, Big City like we did on Idol. That was always one of my favorites, as, as well as uh, – uh, working man blues i like kind of haggard's up-tempo stuff but his ballads are awesome too i he's just a great artist yeah uh, most certainly and you know like speaking of it's all in the game i actually have it right here oh yeah that's a great record you know there's just something about merle you know that there's just something about merle's um, merle's songs that are very interesting to me um you know i, I his songs place to fall apart um, oh yeah you know natural high um you know i think a uh, place to fall apart was sort of a very 
personal sort of song for Merle because he knew that, you know, things were not going to work out eventually um, when he gets closer to his age where he might have to pass on, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, and knowing that sort of, I remember the George Jones classic, you know, he stopped loving her today because he knew he was going to pass, right? He knew it. Yeah. He knew it. He had to write that letter of a song uh, to his loved ones, you know, telling them that his time is coming. Right. right. And then his time came. Right. So like that's sort of the songwriter's point of view. That's so significant now. Um, I mean, talk to me more about like sort of your songwriter's point of view and, and how you try to honor those artists that have come before you. Well, I think the best way to honor those artists is to, to do your own thing. You know, they, they always, they did things their way and, and, and I'm going to do things my way. Cause that's how they, that's how they did their thing. Cause they did them their way. So um, I think the best way to honor all of those old guys is to, to do it, do things the way you want to do them because that's how they did it too. And uh, of course there are certain rules and things you got to go about doing things, but um, you know, a lot of them old, uh, a lot of them stars, you know, back then they were, they worked every day. They were hard workers before they ever got in the music business. And, uh, I, I'm very lucky and fortunate that I had that upbringing too. So uh, you better believe it. I'm going to work as hard as I can at what I'm doing to make it happen. That's for sure. I think a lot of people are looking forward to seeing what you have in store. Um, and so that brings me to my next point because, you know, we were, we were just talking about earlier before we started the interview about uh, the video of Ben Haggard um, that I want to acknowledge as well. Ben Haggard, um, he made this video with, I think, Fender guitars. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talked about Merle's sort of outlook on life. And he talked very, I found this point really significant though. He said that, you know, there's something about being simplistic. You know, the best things happen in conversation. Um, and he says, Merle, you know, Mama Tried was a song about a man that dedicated his life to music. And when he was down and sad, um, the only way he could cope with it is to go out and perform for that crowd that worked their hard-earned money to go see him. Um, and so he had to be Merle Haggard, right? And so that point that he made, I was like, wow, that's so true though, because mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people forget about, you know, am I, gonna, am I gonna overwork some notes in my music? Am I going to go on a high riff and go crazy on the vocals? Um, but Merle's lyrics were sort of simplistic um, it was natural. It was, um, you know, a person speaking, not some like radio person speaking. Right. Uh, right. Like, I think, I think that's so resonating. That um, was his charm. That's exactly what that was. You know, that was his ability to connect with that audience. And, um, a lot of artists have it and a lot of them don't. And, uh, but Merle was one of those, uh, fortunate ones that did. Yeah. Um, and so I think that brings me to this point of the segment so now that you're pursuing country music um like those men have before you um let's talk about your debut album mm-hmm. called miller time oh yes um i love the name first of all <laughs> i love the name miller time um and i i think talk to me more about uh, why you created that album and how that album came together Well, you know, a lot of people wanted to hear my sound and what I would sound like after I got off American Idol because, you know, the judges on the show, they kind of, I would say, uh, advised me 
to do more of a modern country thing and um you know going home and and hearing that um that was tough but uh, that uh, definitely opened my mind to a lot of other things so whenever it come time to record an album um, i met with a guy named jerry sally who produced it and uh i i, I did i told him i said I want to do some traditional country stuff. I said, that's what I want to do. And so uh, I had had a few of those written and we uh, can, had rewrote a few things and done some different things around. And um, I'd released a, uh, just a little single LP or a little single, um, uh, I guess it, I guess it is just a single of I'm over you used to get over me right after I got off the show. And uh, this, uh, this, this album come out last, uh, this April actually. And, uh, it had some stuff that I'd had since I was a kid and, and things that I just thought the world might need. And so I just thought I'd put it out there. And, uh, I was very, very blessed with this record. Um, I had a song off of it called through with you that, uh, got it to number 35 on the country billboard charts, which, um, showed me that there is some, there is some people still want to hear some of that older sounding stuff because that's pretty well what I am. And, and that song's probably a little more modern than a lot of the other ones off the record, but, it's definitely one of the, the better ones off there. I can't deny that. And I've just been, was very fortunate that I got the right part of it. Great. Um, yeah. And I think that's so true. And, you know, I think a lot of people are looking forward to hearing what your sound is like. Um, and speaking of your sound, I know you're going to perform a song for us. Um, so why don't you take that away for us? Well, I sure will. I, I talked that through with you thing up big and so I'm going to do it for you here today. Uh I was very blessed, like I said. The song originally started out as another one, really. So sometimes two songs get put together, and this is a one that got rewritten. Uh, it started out as She Said We're Through, and uh, I took it to Nashville. Me and Jerry had wrote a couple songs. That was also on the record. Uh, we wrote I'm Done and Breaking the Bank one day, and Girls Must Be Clumsy, and this one the next. And this is a just a great song, really. I'm just very, very... Happy with how it turned out. It's one called Through With You. Oh, an empty bed's got only empty dreams. Tossed and tired, sleeping with a memory. Waking in the morning, it's so clear. He's still gone and her goodbye is all I hear. I'm through. She said I'm through. Well, I'm through with you. Oh, she left this house lots of empty space Just like my heart, nothing but an empty place And if she walked back in, wouldn't be the same Lord, you can't move on Once you heard somebody say I'm through She said I'm through Loved her then, I love her now She ain't coming back around Tell me what my poor heart's gonna do 
words can cut just like a knife Change the world, break your life And someone that you love tells you the truth I'm through well, I'm through with you Now an empty glass all I've got to show from the pain in the words that hurt the most. I only wish she was here today. And if she was, she'd get the chance to hear me say, I'm through. She said, I'm through. Oh, I'm through with you. Man, what a great, uh, great song. Um, well, thank you. Thank it's you. called Through With You, everybody. Um, talk to me uh, briefly about that song. Uh, we've got five minutes left in this meeting, so... Well, yeah, uh, I got you. I got you covered, Hoss. This is a that was a little song that I I wrote, and uh, um, like I said, it was originally a different song. It was called "She Said We're Through," and I took it to Nashville and uh, rewrote it with Jerry Sally, and now it's through with you. And uh, I tell you, it uh, it's a great song. I, I've been tickled to death with it. It uh, got on radio. It's been from coast to coast and border to border. So I, I was tickled to death with that. It got to number 35 on the country billboard charts. And I can't thank all the radio stations and everybody involved, all the radio promoters that helped get it there. That's for sure. Uh, that's, that's certainly true. And uh, what a great song. And, you know, we've heard that style many, many times. And uh, you're just carrying on the torch for it. So um, thanks, Alex, for taking time to talk with me today. I had a great time chatting with you. To the listeners who have made it this far into the episode, thank you for sticking around. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with former contestant on season 19 of American Idol, Alex Miller. To stay up to date with Alex and his music, you can find him on Twitter at AlexMiller91 and on Instagram and Facebook at AMillerMusic. For more information, you can visit AlexMillerCountry.com. In regards to my podcast, if you'd like to stay up to date with my show, you can find me on Twitter at the K Show or on Instagram at the Jigme Kelting Show. You can also find my show wherever you get or listen to your podcast. Thanks again for listening. I've been your host, Jigme Kelting. I'll see you in the next episode.